0: Okay, it's got Gabby, a couple of episodes ago, we had Amit come on and talk Redskins, right? Yes, we did. We also had Jesse come on and talk uh, New York Giants, your beloved New York Giants, correct? Yes, it was fantastic. Are you sure it was fantastic? It was. I I feel like I'm doing the same bit over (laughs) and over (laughs) again. Whatever. And the way to top that off is to bring on a Phillies fan to berate me about... Being a semi redskins type fan, and then tell me how trashed the, the city is and everything too, because they won a Super Bowl two years ago, and now they've got uh they've got they got uh, they what what's it called lord it over you well no no they have scoreboard they have scoreboard yeah. over anybody in in d c right now so on that note, I would like to introduce from his own podcast if you can find it everywhere called the missing link it's Josh
1: McNutt. And he is on our show right
0: now. Yes, it's so awesome. Hello. Hello. Hi.
1: (laughs) Thank you guys so much for having me on. Uh, I am not going to berate you. Uh, I'm here to dispel the notion that all Eagles fans are rambunctious. I'm going to be civil for this one.
0: I am always uh, used to getting berated, so it's okay. Just go at it. Uh, So that, that leads to my first question. I have Flyers and Phillies fans who are actually nice people. Are they just lying to me that they're not really from Philly or they're not even fans of a Philadelphia team?
1: What? No, say? I mean, I, look, I might be biased, but I think it's one of the best fan bases in sports. Um, it, it really depends on where you go, right? If you're coming to the link, if you're going to a away game at one of the Eagles uh, home games that are always wild and fun, you know, you're going to get teased a little bit. You know, it's all in good fun. Uh, most people, I would say, are very civil and shake everyone's hands that's around them in the stands. I've I've always seen great uh, camaraderie and sportsmanship between the two sides. So. You know, I think we travel pretty well too. Uh, we get a bad rap, but uh, we're not so bad.
0: This sound, you sound like you just described every Cardinals fan, uh, uh, Saint Louis Cardinals <laughs> fan to me. But we are a I think very
1: sports fan base. Yeah, essentially,
0: we're we're a very respectable fan base. Like yes. so, when so okay, so uh, the drop, uh, full honesty. I am a Saint Louis fan, right? So when I used to go to FedEx Field dressed in my jersey, I wasn't getting mocked or anything like that. They would walk past me and then wait till they got twenty feet away and then yell "Tory hold sucks" as if that's how you berate somebody. Um, well, they, of, they,
1: they're not, uh, you know, they're not saying it to your face. You know, they gotta gotta chase after those guys and <laughs> give them peace of your mind. That's, that's the way that she's stopping. You can't be bullied. That's that's
0: the first thing I need to do in a blue jersey, run after a person in a red jersey surrounded by your whole red <laughs> it's a whole jersey of reds waiting to get beat up. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. Uh, but I also had friends who are Philly fans, and we were talking about going up to Philly back when St. Louis had a team. And I was like, I don't think I want to go up in there. That's that sounds like, you know, there's a lot of horror stories that go up there. Well, you Uh, know what I would
1: say if you're in the NFC East and like there's this uh, deep seated rivalry, like if you're a Redskins, Cowboy Giants fan, you need to watch out. I mean, you know that that you're going to get the worst of it. But, you know, St. Louis fans, people that we perceive as, you know, look, it's just a friendly competition. We see you every four years. That's not so bad. I would say that's a pretty enjoyable experience compared to what the other guys get.
0: We, at one time, we were in FedEx Field. I was actually wearing a Redskins jersey. My friend, who is actually a 49ers uh, fan, was wearing a 49ers jersey. And some Redskins fan yelled at him and said, you're wearing the wrong jersey. You suck. And there's all this stuff. And then I turned to him and I said, uh, they were playing the Arizona Cardinals at the time, uh, at that game. I said, he hates the Cardinals. Uh, you're going to hate the Cardinals today. What are you yelling about? And they, they just <laughs> sat there and looked at me. And we walked all the way down the length of the uh, the row where the uh, the parking lot and it, as soon as we got to the very end, this guy come running all the way back down. And he came up to my friend and was like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I just, I don't know what I got. I was like, you're oh, actually apologizing? It weird. was super nice of him. Wow. I know. It was yeah. very weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- uh, so between the Flyers, the Eagles, and the Sixers, does, does anybody care about the Phillies?
1: Uh, I think at this point with Bryce Harper coming, I mean, that's really exciting. But I think they had a pretty disappointing year. And obviously with this season being essentially canceled so far due to the COVID-19 situation, it's just uh, died down, more yeah. so than the others. You know, it's just, a, it's kind of the forgotten sport right now.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, besides the Bryce signing, like, I really haven't heard of a Philly fan since John Krupp. I mean, you had Howard for, like, a long time, right? But, like, yeah. you guys have been kind of quiet up there. You haven't really done... There was a pennant a long time ago, but I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: it, look, when you have the Astros cheating every year, it's hard to win. <laughs> i <I'm> banging. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, it's also, I mean, I'm also have my nose stuck so far up the cards ass it's really not that hard not to be a fan of baseball (laughs) (laughs) uh so so you know i can assume that uh he's he's mentioned that philly fans are really not that bad right Mm -hmm. i assume we both love chris long
1: oh absolutely uh we both have he's a big man crush of both mine and my fiance's
0: uh, Actually, <laughs> uh, Gabby, big Virginia Tech fan. He went to Tech. Oh, nice! <laughs> it's going to be an no, ongoing. Oh, he went to go- Oh, t- <laughs> uh, yeah, went nice to the, try! You can't be
1: stealing guys. No, uh, he, went, works. he went. He went to.
0: He went to the the one across the street. <laughs> yes. oh, okay. Wrong Virginia school right. right. It's oh, all the same, minute. right? It's all the same. <laughs> Howie Long owns a lot of property down in uh, Southern Virginia. I don't know why. Uh, I, I believe we also have this complex love hate for Donovan.
1: Oh, McNabb. Yep. Yeah, I, look, um, I, I have very mixed feelings on Donovan. You know, growing up with him as the main quarterback, uh, being drafted in 99, it's just you ride the highs, and obviously there were good times, especially uh, the 2004 season when you go to the Super Bowl and lose to the deflating Patriots. In um, the, the years sense and just appreciating, you know, Carson and, and what he's done for us and just the the talent that he displays, um, Donovan was always very, look, it's kind of the same situation we have, that we have in now where there's not a lot of receiving help. And Mm -hmm. outside of T.O. that one year, Donovan didn't really have a lot of help. So you hear stories about him throwing up in the Super Bowl (laughs) and some of his clutchness being questioned and and all those things really play into who he is. I think he did himself no favors once he retired. The things that he's been saying and the way he kind of acts towards the new Eagles. And I think some of that stuff has soured the Philadelphia opinion on him, honestly.
0: I, we also have explained overtime to him you forgot that one.
1: Oh, that's true too yeah well i didn't realize there, oh come on man <laughs> <You're> <laughs> a so quarterback. Many. you don't think i was Seven gonna make years, fun of, I, I,
0: I almost went to that super bowl down in jacksonville my mom lives down there i almost went to that super bowl where he threw up it was his only super bowl well, but you know what i'll I
1: mean. tell you what outside of that I, I really appreciate the second round pick you guys gave up that was very generous
0: <laughs> much uh, appreciated uh you know what we but if, if we got this complex love-hate for Donovan, but we all, I assume everybody across the league probably has to love Randall, right? It, like, that's who I remember growing up as the quarterback of the Eagles for the longest time.
1: Uh, yeah, especially, especially before we had Vic. Uh, Brown Cunningham was just that guy, you yep. know, like that dude. The one that everyone just looked like he was a shy show. Everyone loved to watch him. He wasn't on any great teams. Because um, Reggie White had long uh, passed since when he became a, a more um, fixture in the in Eagles lore. But it's always great to look back on highlights he's just a human highlight reel i think that vic the more recency bias of that 2010 season starting with the redskins <laughs> has kind of washed over uh the fandom and most people cling to vic when they think about highlights and athletic quarterbacks but randall it, it, he was amazing to watch
0: and we also all we everybody like he's a guy that nobody could hate and also mm-hmm. on the same on the same level we all have a soft spot for reggie right it's just mm-hmm. those are all the eagles players that uh, that I when you say Eagles, those are what I think of. Right. I hate to think of Donovan, but you have to think of Donovan. Yeah. But, but that's my point. Even you're though, missing you're missing one big one. One big Brian one. Dawkins. Uh, true. The headhunter. Up <laughs> in X. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but even uh, I'm pretty sure Brett and Reggie uh, talked together before that play when Reggie got the uh, the sack record. Uh,
1: I mean, I, I was look. trying to
0: find footage of it again, but <laughs> I remember speculation. I, I, they were there was some huddle and then there was like some out of hovel, huddle huddle kind of next to the line, kind of whispering, talking, mm-hmm. and then next thing you know, Reggie breaks the sack record. Man, he looked untouched. is when he went in there.
1: Well, look, a win's a win, a records a record, right? <laughs> that's uh, true. That's true. I, yeah, like I'll take it. You know, but not again, a lot of happy days in those in those early Eagle. Um, 90 so you know I'll take what I can get.
0: Uh, I wish it would have stand. I, I can't remember. Someone just broke the record a couple years ago. I can't remember who it was. Uh, Gabby's gonna fax check for me.
1: Uh, a straight hand, wasn't it?
0: Uh, no, 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 no. I think it was someone else. Uh, sh- she'll figure it out. Uh, so, the t- to get into uh, my first question, I got for you. I got to go long winded because I got to explain uh, uh, Gabby the history of the Eagles a little bit. Right? Who who was it? Bruce Smith. His number. He's got two hundred. What? That's there was. I thought there was someone else. Okay, okay, I'll look it up later. Uh, so talking uh, Philly quarterbacks, right? Uh, the Eagles make a decision that uh, Wentz was the guy by signing him to a four-year, one hundred twenty-eight million dollar contract with like sixty-six guaranteed at signing, and a lot more guaranteed off of whatever. And just to give Gabby you a little backstory here, but okay, so let's say it's like uh, two thousand twelve, right? And you're Nick Foles, and you're loving life, and you're the backup QB. You just got in the league, Mm -hmm. and you're in Philadelphia, and every morning you're driving along in your car to work, singing to Call Me Baby, right? (laughs) And we are young. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're just backing up Mike Vick and getting a couple starts here and there due to injuries. But then uh, the 2013 draft comes along. They draft Matt Barkley. Uh, Vick gets hurt. Barkley sucks uh nick the nod, right and he makes the pro bowl that year mm-hmm. uh even though uh nick had played second fiddle to mike vick for a while he eventually gets a starting role in 2014 but unfortunately right his, he breaks his collarbone midseason. but the upside of that is uh all philly fans get to see uh mark sanchez go four and four for the rest of the season right
1: yeah, it was a glory to watch
0: <laughs> you fast forward a couple months st louis and philly start talking right this trade happens, swapping Nick and Sam in uh, some other trade picks, I think it was. Uh, the Rams shove about $2 million into into uh, Nick's pocket. He goes four and seven in St. Louis. Uh, in the offseason, uh, Nick gets pissed off because the Rams draft uh, Jared Goff. Uh, he asks for a release. He gets it. He talks about retiring, but then, alternatively, he signs with KC, right? So in 2016, uh, I think it was like week eight or so, his number gets called again because Alex Smith, as we all know in D.C., gets hurt. <laughs> I think I think this was the first start of his getting hurt. I don't think he really got that hurt in the beginning of his career. Uh, but uh, Nick gets, goes in. He wins. He gets a start for week nine. And then next thing you know, Alex is back, and they put Alex back at the start. He gets renamed, right? And then after that, KC doesn't pick up on his second-year option. 2017 rolls around. Nick is back in Philly, backing up Carson now, right? Yep. Uh, let's see, it was like week 14 or so, Carson tears his ACL. Against yes, the Rams, yep. Yeah, yeah. well, sorry, <laughs> but <laughs> no, good thing, right? This is almost <laughs> This is almost like a rally around Kurt Warner, right? Because now, after that happens, Nick Foles is a god in Philly, right? Uh Absolutely. 2000, 2018, they flip-flop the next season because uh, Wentz seems to, you know, always have some small injury bug, mm-hmm. and they keep, they keep flop, flip-flopping, uh, flip-flopping, and then at the end of that season, Philly wants to pick up the $20 million option on Knicks, and I can only assume Knicks' agent is on the phone screaming, don't sign anything, <laughs> right? Because next thing you know, Knicks down in Jacksonville, he signs an $88 million contract with uh, $50 million guaranteed, and you can't fault him for that because I would have signed, I would have ran as fast as I could to sign something like that. In a like heartbeat, sure. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess my main point is, right, you bring in a guy. He has some promising first couple of seasons. You trade him. He bounces around a bit. He comes back. He wins you a Super Bowl, right? You offer him a shit extension, and then he leaves. And you offer the other guy you had all the real money. Mm-hmm. So my question to you, Josh, is: Was Philly happy? And I don't. I assume not too much, right? With the decision to pay Carson all that money at the beginning of last season, and then after this past season on a new contract. Have the Eagle fans come around to say, man, I guess giving all that money was a decent idea. I, I just don't understand. I mean, I don't I don't know what the Philly exp- or thought process are.
1: Or- yeah, no, I, I have no problem enlightening you. Um, so, you know, this is something that is it's hard. Um, you're kind of dealing with someone who was a folk hero, someone who had a extremely hot streak and mm-hmm. won a Super Bowl, the very first Super Bowl uh, for the city of Philadelphia. And there's a statue outside of the link for a reason. You know, it's something that's gonna hold a, a place in our hearts forever. And it's something I'll never forget. You know, I, I literally cried.
0: Yeah, you know, it was, they, it, it was like our Warner, but we didn't put a statue up for Warner, but same on the same scenario. Hey, absolutely.
1: So and the other thing that deals into that is there the legend of Nick Foles, if you will, is in twenty thirteen, as you alluded to, he actually threw twenty seven touchdowns and only two interceptions. Yeah, it's amazing. And that was the year of Chip wow. Kelly. There was a lot of excitement going on. So um, Nick has done no wrong. You know, uh, it, the only thing is, and, and here's, I'm going to probably make some people mad on my side as well as yours, but I think that the Eagles by and large made the best decision they possibly could for their future. Okay, And the reason behind that is you had a hot streak and something that I think anyone who has watched Nick Foles throughout his career in the, like St. Louis and in KC is, He's not as talented as Carson is, just straight up objectively. Mm-hmm. And I liken Nick Foles' run to Joe Flacco's run for the Ravens in 2012. Okay. You had a, a quarterback who was just on fire, you know, could not miss, uh, was playing out of his mind. And of course, both teams rode that to a Super Bowl victory. But I think that you can ask any Ravens fan, do they regret giving Joe Flacco $120 million? And the answer would emphatically be yes. Yeah, And I, I think that that similarly would have been the case with Nick. Because you have someone waiting in the wings who... You know, most people wouldn't give up on a draft pick after four years, even if they were terrible. You know, Carson had had a 2017 season that was incredible. You know, even with him getting hurt, he was on pace to be the MVP. He had over 3,000 yards, 33 touchdowns, and seven interceptions before he got hurt in week 13. I mean, he was on pace to win that MVP. So it's really tough to turn away from that and not give the kid a chance and let him grow. And he wasn't going to be able to grow with a Super Bowl hero backing him up. Mm-hmm. So they tried to get what they could for him. He ended up signing with Jacksonville. We got a comp pick, which we used this year uh, to trade for Darius Slay. So yep. it, it, I think it all worked out. Uh, but you see what happened to Jacksonville. You know, Nick has been benched. Um, you know, it's 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 just something that... I don't know what it is about Andy Reid and Doug Peterson's system, but that seems to just be where he thrives.
0: I felt uh, last year... Philly had a legit chance to make some depth in the, in the in the playoffs. You guys went on like this three-game losing streak in the beginning of the year to like New England, Seattle, and Miami, 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 Miami of all teams, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, I assume. Every- lost two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I assume everybody uh, was started talking about uh, you needed to win the season out, right? Because at five and seven, uh, you can just kiss the wild card goodbye, right? And so we th- thought, yeah. And then at week sixteen. You got versus the Cowboys, and that's really kind of the first playoff game of the year. You guys were on a four-game tear. You're getting hot at the exact right time you need to be, uh, and then the birds draw the Hawks in a wild-card game. Uh, Usually, the loser of the meeting of the two teams earlier in the season, the the loser has a bounce-back game, right, in the second meetup, but that didn't happen, right? Uh, And also, (laughs) what was up with that score? Like, in Week 12, you lost to the Seahawks uh seventeen and nine and week sixteen you lose you beat Dallas seventeen and nine and in the wild card you lost to Seattle seventeen
1: and nine. You have a lucky number. <laughs> or unlucky I guess is the way to look at it.
0: Uh but the obvious thing, uh something's up in Philly. Uh you're oh and two in the playoffs since winning the Super Bowl, right? Are there any glaring mm-hmm. needs that the Eagles need to address in the off season, this off season or have they that will help them, you know, at least get to one and two so far <laughs> uh, sure. to get to that one and two
1: in yeah, the playoffs. yeah i mean of course playoff wins and obviously super bowl wins are, are the key thing that you look for and the success that you want to have but every team goes through ups and downs and you want to build towards something that lasts you know ever, obviously the the emulation for that would be a, a pittsburgh steelers a baltimore ravens a New England Patriots, you know, you or, you know, even the Saints, you know, you want to be in a, a position to win every single year. It's a crapshoot, right? It's a lottery. You don't know how it's going to go. Things can go one way or another. For example, in the Seahawks game, Carson gets hurt in the first series. You know, mm-hmm. like that's unlucky. Um, So this kind of plays into um, why I think that they made a great decision with keeping Carson, not only with, you know, Patrick Mahomes coming up with his contract, Jared Goff with what he got paid and Dak Prescott's been all over the news about what he may get paid. Yeah, it looks like a be. bargain what they gave Carson considering his talent level and where we're going into the future. And you got to think too, this plays into uh, the weaknesses of the Eagles roster, especially coming into this year is wide receiver last year in the Atlanta game, Joshon Jackson had a fantastic opener, right? Yep. I think it was four catches, 155 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's electric, but he pulls his hammy gets hurt. Isn't able to even compete in the Falcons game. And then all Sean Jeffrey has been in and out of the lineup pretty much throughout the entire year. So the last four-game stretch, uh, the reason why I feel so good about Carson and this team coming into this year is Carson had really no talent. I mean, he has Zach Ertz, an amazing tight end. Goddard is also a very good tight end as the second string. Mm -hmm. But we had Greg Ward Jr., who was a former college quarterback as our main receiver in the slot. And Carson over that time, for the last four games, 1,200 yards, 68% 68 completion percentage, and seven touchdowns, no interceptions. With well, that, that wide receiving core.
0: Well, that's just quarterback to quarterback knowing what to do.
1: <laughs> well, you can say that, but I mean, think about think about the talent level that Dak Prescott has, right? Yeah. Um, you know, he's throwing out to Amari Cooper. He can hand off to Zeke Elliott. He has this quote unquote best offensive line in of football, and you know, he's not putting up numbers like that, or at least it's comparable. So, I think that with Carson, if we can get him some weapons on the outside to free up the middle of the field, the sky's the limit.
0: Yeah, that kind of talks to how New England kind of does their thing too, right? They don't go out and get flashy players. They just get people and, and players that can uh, handle the system that they've got in place. And I think uh, the Phillies kind of uh, molding themselves kind of behind that a little bit also, finding the players that will fit into the positions that they have available.
1: I hope they find better players to fit on the outside.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so you got Malcolm Jesus. He didn't get uh, his option picked up for t- uh, 2020. Uh, mm-hmm. Then they sa- signed uh, Jalen Mills. Right on a one year And it looks like He's going to slide over To uh, an open safety Behind um, right. Uh Jason Peters He's 38 years old Josh McCown I don't know If he'll be back He's 41 I think Dar- he retired. time Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daring the Sproles He's 38 Your free agent list is, <laughs> Your free agent list Is older than the 2020 Hall of Fame Inductees <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, a-, a lot of the signings They did Were pretty much One year deals uh, but, but are they really Free agents You would uh, But if they're I mean, are there really any of them that you would like them to sign or keep or didn't want to let go? I mean, I've, I've looked at the list. I'm not really sure what's going on over there.
1: Sure. So the ones that we let go, um, like you alluded to, I mean, the, the biggest one I would say, Jason Peters, for example, great eagle, all-timer, going to be a Hall of Fame yep. offensive tackle one day. Um, you know, we salute you. But we have Andre Dillard, a first-round draft pick last year that did pretty well in his stead because he was kind of in and out of the lineup. So being able to step in there, see what he can do in year two and let him grow into that role as a blindside protector is important. You know, like this is how football goes. You um, have, unfortunately, people who look Jason Peters can still play, but he's nowhere near the Hall of Fame talent he was maybe three, four years ago. So you need to learn how to say goodbye. Let the new talent come in and learn and grow and become their own man. And you can't do that by sitting on the bench. Yeah. So let him go. Darren Sproles has been going through an injury history. He's been a fantastic player, not just for the Eagles, but I've been a fan of his from the very time he was drafted by the Chargers. Four years. now, yeah. Top five in all-time yardage. I mean, for a five, six gentleman, that is just incredible. Yeah. Um, but he's been hurt the last couple of years, and he retired on his own accord. I mean, he understands that his body can't do what it once did. Um, but the, the one that hurts and the one that I personally disagree with is letting Malcolm Jenkins go. Okay. Um, you re-sign Jalen Mills to move from cornerback where speed has been a very big issue for him. Uh, he's okay in the red zone because he's decently with man-to-man coverage, but he lets people get behind him quite often. And you move him over to safety, which he hasn't played since college. And you're kind of hoping that he can at least mimic what Malcolm Jenkins brings to the table, which maybe his skills have diminished slightly, but that guy was a chess piece. You would line him up over the tight end. You put him deep. He was a leader on the field, vocal Someone that the guys trust in the locker room, and it's just tough to let him go, especially for the price tag that he signed for, which wasn't extraordinary amount of money with the Saints. But you know, um, I trust Howie, and I'm hoping that in the draft we can find a young replacement to Groom.
0: So, uh, speaking of that, are there anything is there anything out there you would like the Eagles to sign?
1: As of right now, I like what they're doing on the, the defensive line. So last year we have Fletcher Cox, who is by and large one of the top two or three defensive tackles in the game. Um, You have Brandon Graham, who's a Super Bowl hero uh, on one side with the defensive end. And then we have Derek Barnett, who has been disappointing, but still has some potential on the other defensive end spot. Malik Jackson, who was a big signing of ours from Jacksonville last year, got hurt in the first game uh, with a foot injury. He was out for the rest of the year. And we really struggled to fill that second defensive tackle spot. And it was just stopping the run, rushing the passer, all those things. Everyone can double team Fletcher because the other defensive tackle wasn't a threat. So by signing Jason Javon Hargrave from um, the Steelers, that kind of just buttons that up completely. You can move these guys around the defensive line, create that pressure, and that eases my concern about the secondary, because when you're generating that much pressure from the the front four, good things can happen on the back end. Uh, I would prefer that we don't put a corner in the free safety spot, but again, (laughs) we'll see how the draft shakes out, and hopefully we can replace some of those holes with some young guys.
0: So uh, my friend Jesse over at uh, Bacon Games Fantasy Sports, shout out to him Uh, Mm -hmm. He mentioned that uh, he looks at, he poured over some data a little bit and he likes trading his uh, late round picks to trade up, like he likes to getting into the fourth round, right, because he feels like you can get some quality players out of there Uh, and you guys I believe have like what, three or four fourth round picks or something like that Uh, We do, we got three uh, Is there any idea what they might be looking for depth wise possibly to pick up to fill in these holes that you're talking about
1: yeah, I mean, one of the biggest holes, I think, would be a, a swing offensive tackle. So uh, Halepoli Vitae, who was our swing tackle for about three, four years since we drafted him, signed for five years, $50 million with the Lions this offseason. Mm-hmm. So losing him as just a third offensive tackle that, you know, if either of your guys go down, and we have two great ones, you know, Dillard is going to be coming into his own. Lang Johnson could be one of, if not the best, right tackles in the league. When they go down, you need someone who's capable to fill in. Um some Eagles fans might have some uh, ghost pat- ghost of a uh, Christmas past when it comes to our left tackle turnstile for our third offensive tackle position. And that that spot's very important. So I'm hoping that they fill in some offensive line depth. Jason Kelsey, our center, has been a, a stud. He has been a, an all-pro all the last three years. But he, you know, he's getting older. And if he gets hurt, what are we going to do? We yeah. can slide in our left guard, and then we have to fill in the left guard spot. So backup offensive linemen are, are going to be extremely important in the upcoming season. That's
0: shifting around that offensive line. I've always hated it. I mean, it, it's it's a necessary thing that needs to get done, especially in in-game situations. But it just annoys me when they slide some guy in there that doesn't know what he's doing.
1: Mm-hmm. It's tough. I mean, you practice one thing for the entire season, right? And then, you know, week 14, okay, now you got to go from left to right. Yeah. And it sounds simple, but it's really hard. Yeah. Uh,
0: I mean, I've always said if I'm going
1: to play NFL, it's going to be long snap. That's it. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to snap,
0: throw it back as far as possible and just grab the legs in front of me.
1: If I played receiver in college and I was a Z, so I was out on the right hand uh corner of the, the field. And if you would have put me in the slot or if you would have took me to the left side of the field, my everything would have been off. From route running to, to everything. You just get used to doing it a certain way.
0: Uh Gabby, what was your favorite route? It was um the left banana. <laughs> I just like to throw under the bus once in a blue It was a, it was a great answer though. Thanks. You're almost there. Okay. <laughs> uh so speaking of wide receivers, right? You got Ashon Jeffries uh Jeffrey, sorry. Uh he's thirty uh Deshaun Jackson man <laughs> he's 33 I don't is, do people even like uh Jackson anymore they Philly? love him oh they, they still love him,
1: him. Oh, absolutely I can't imagine that. always loved him uh Remember, he got cut so we blame Chip Kelly we okay. don't blame
0: him. uh we got uh Gabby's favorite uh Philadelphia wide receiver only because of his name uh JJ Ortega <laughs> uh wide side and then you got you mentioned uh Greg Ward Jr. earlier uh, both of those two guys could could possibly have a sophomore slump, right? Uh, a lot of the pundits are saying that the wide receivers is the direction that the Eagles will go with their first uh, pick in the draft. Uh, y'all just traded uh, for almost 30-year-old Darian Slay, right? You mentioned that also earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you find young talent that gets mentored by that with that pick, or do you find a linebacker, or is there definitely a quality or a day-one starter in the mid to late first round you can think of? or do you just go wide receiver? Uh with so, the with the I guess the 21st pick. Yeah, I mean what what do you think the Eagles really should do with that pick?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, you're you're kidding on a couple points. Um you know, one is that with Darius Slay especially just getting someone in the building who's a competent corner and I mean in his case he's a top 10 corner. So yeah. it might be two years, might be three before he starts to decline, but having that on our team considering our draft history, you know, Sidney Jones and Russell Douglas and um, Jalen Mills are all draftees that have not panned out in the way we thought they would. So just getting someone in the building who's a veteran who can actually match up with the number one wide receiver is, is huge. Trust me. It's been a very, <laughs> very rough time watching some of our past defense. But with the first pick in the draft, um, I think that we really put ourselves in a hole. You know, you you pretty much put off every alert you possibly could to all the other teams in the draft that wide receivers where were looking to go. You know, every single uh, sign that, signing that we had in free agency was on the uh, defensive side. So the only offensive uh, the only offensive signee that we had was Nate Sudfeld, who was a backup quarterback. Yep. So considering all those defensive resources going in free agency, it really just puts all the pressure on Howie to find a way to draft one of the top four receivers. I personally, considering the draft history like you just mentioned when it comes to fourth through seventh round, I would trade maybe a next year second, a next year third. I would do whatever it took to get up into the top 15 and draft one of the top three receivers, Henry Ruggs, C.D. Lamb, or Jerry Jody.
0: Uh yeah, I, I see a lot of those guys. I like C.D. Lamb. I a couple of friends of mine are off on him. I don't know why. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I just like him. I I watched him in Alabama. I think he's gonna be a stud. Yeah. So he played I. in Oklahoma.
1: Uh, it's
0: the it's the jerseys.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no, they're red. He they gets you. <laughs>
0: I've been. I'm just the worst. <laughs> uh, so speaking of all this, say everything goes according to plan, right? How do you think the Eagles are going to fare in the NFC East? We're not talking records. We're just talking about a little bit better than them, a little bit worse than them, or just beast in the whole division. How do you how do you feel it's going to end up? <laughs> um uh
1: so I, I you got to look at the competition, right? Mm-hmm. Um I think right now you can look at and no offense, uh, I think you can look at the Redskins and the Giants as teams that are on a, on a little bit of a downward trend or kind of, you know, looking to find themselves uh, their team identity and get some players there to compete for the playoffs. And I think that the biggest comp- competition in the division is going to come down to the Eagles and the Cowboys like it did last year. Uh, but one thing about that, of course, is you're signing like Amari Cooper to $100 million. Dak's going to get paid here soon. And that offensive line is getting a little bit older. And you know Travis uh, Frederick, the center, retired you know, unexpectedly. So they're going to be a weaker team up front. And I think with some of this animosity coming basically you know, between Jerry Jones and Dak Prescott and his representatives, because he wants the money that he deservedly should be paid, I think it's going to create this little bit of tension because there's always drama surrounding the Cowboys. And it always just seems like it catches up with them sooner or later. Mm -hmm. So if I had to give you a prediction on how things would go this year, I would feel pretty comfortable saying we're going to go at least four and two, but I would lean more towards five and one. Okay. Just own in the division. Just own it. (laughs) I think so. Yeah, I think that if you look at the teams and the way that they're going, there's a lot of positivity, especially let's say we do trade up and get a number one receiver. There's going to be a lot of positivity surrounding the Eagles. And everyone who has been there has been there for a while. Uh, so it's not going to be like you know, new people coming in or new offensive schemes or new head coaches. None of that stuff. You know, it's the same staff, and um, I think that they could do big things in the division.
0: All honesty, I think I said a couple episodes ago that I thought that Philly was going to take a slide for some reason and end up fourth. And now that talking to you, I have completely changed my ways. I think uh, Dallas is just a fake team. <laughs> They're just all great on paper and showmanship and uh, Lucky uh, Campbell soup commercials. For days, and, and, and having
1: COVID, coronavirus parties, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I did see that. Uh, oh, and I, I, I never said uh, the Redskins are going to be number one, but I, they got to be number four. I mean, I'm really out on their quarterback situation going on. Uh, and then I kind of like you. You think that the, uh, the Giants are on a little bit of slide? I think they're on a little bit of an incline. Yeah, I think I think they are too. Well, of course, you think they are.
1: A uh, well, new head coach, right? I mean, yeah, new fun. head mm-hmm.
0: coach, new mm-hmm. new team, new new. New and media. no
1: OTAs, no off season. Yeah, Could be tough. Yeah, well,
0: that's all they wanted, right? That's all they wanted. The CBA was to have uh, no, no, uh, I can't even
1: think of what I'm talking about. Well, no, yeah, I mean, no two days, no, correct, no hitting, no, no yeah. hitting.
0: That's what I was meant to say. Uh And then also two two days of uh, preseason or two games of preseason instead of four weeks of it. They, they this is all they want. I, I also mentioned this on another podcast that uh. You want, they want all that, but then the NBA wants twenty five days to get ready to get back into shape to play the end of the season down. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Uh so as the as an eye of an Eagle fan, right, what do you when someone says Washington Redskins to you, what's the first thing that goes through a Philly fan's mind? And I know I I think I'm aware of that you have uh, attended a couple of the games in FedEx Field and recently. So you get to see you get to see the experience of what it is to be a Redskins fan, I guess. Che- cheering yeah. for no reason and then just leaving the stadium early but i'm not to put anything in your mouth what, no, do, what, uh, I do, mean, what what do you think about the redskins when when someone says redskins to you
1: well here's the thing i, I think i have a lot of redskins fans uh, okay. as friends and it's um i feel bad for them because dan snyder is uh the devil uh, <laughs> i think that you know he he gives that team a bad name in a lot of ways and i know that they're frustrated with him as well it's a good thing that uh or um um. Oh my gosh. Gruden, Bruner, Bru Gruden. Bruce? Gruden. Bruce. Oh, Allen. Bruce Allen. Bruce yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a good thing that Bruce Allen is now gone because I know that was kind of the two-headed dragon that everyone hated. That was a buddy-buddy um, relationship that everybody hated. Yeah. Yes, but I can tell you. So if you look at the future, and it, this is, of course, you know, subject to change depending on if they redskin it up, but you think about this year, they're in place to draft someone like Chase Young, right? Get a stud defensive stud, stud defensive end that can wreak havoc on the defensive line, and Ron Rivera is a great coach. Mm-hmm. Like, no doubt about it. I believe so. As long as Dan Snyder stays out of his affairs and lets him coach (sighs) and lets him build the team. I mean, if you are the Panthers from from the past 10 years, I think that's a pretty good outcome considering where they are now.
0: As long as you understand that, that there's the Dan Snyder asterisk on everything. I mm-hmm. I, I talked to uh, a Giants fan, Jesse. Uh, he does he hears about it, but he doesn't know how much it really is. And I'm like, it's really true. Like You go listen to any interview of any coach that used to be here. They were like, I had to get out of there. My hands were tied. I couldn't do anything. I had control of nothing. It's all Snyder uh, yeah. from top. Do you think Ron Rivera will have sort of the, um, I don't know, the gravitas to stand up to him? Uh, you'd assume uh, a coach like that does because of his track record. Right. Right. But then again, you get in a situation where someone signed your paycheck and you're like, all right, Mm. you get pissed Mm -hmm. off enough. Right. Uh, people go behind your back. This is the everyday work situation. I'm going to act like I know how an NFL organization works, but you get people going behind your back, just doing things, not asking you to do it. just having it done. And then eventually he's going to break down and wear down a person. like, whatever, it's your team. Okay. This is how you want it to be. Mm-hmm. This is how it's going to be. Now, is he going to end up like that? Maybe he might uh, kick the door down and walk in and be like, you know what? Uh, here's my badge, and <laughs> I'm out of here. I don't know. It was I didn't. Wouldn't check a, that be something? They oh nev- my gosh. They never <laughs> tell you. They never tell you what a head coach's contract is, right? And it, if it's guaranteed all the way up front, you'd see a lot more quittings. <laughs> uh
1: huh. Uh, well, you also think about Kyle Shanahan and what he was saying during Super Bowl week, right? Like his time in Washington, he hated it. Yeah, you know, he, he hated mm-hmm. it. And uh, it's pretty powerful words. Most people are politically correct when they're talking to the media about their former employers. But hopefully the culture has changed. You know, with Rivera coming in there and cleaning the house, like I said, with um, Bruce Allen gone, that's, I think, a big step in the right direction. So it might not be this year, of course, but I would, I would watch out, you know, for the next couple of years. They're going to start making good decisions, making good draft picks, especially if they're higher up in the draft order. And you can have yourself a pretty good squad.
0: Yeah, I was trying to. I'm trying to look through my notes real quick. Uh,
1: the works out. They they cleave it there. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. that. Oh my God, mm-hmm. that one. I,
0: that's another one. I I keep talking about that high schooler. Didn't look great. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was trying to, I was trying to go through my notes. Who's the Who's the cornerback that just went to Seattle that said he got disres he felt he disrespected just by the oh, front. Shoot. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Mm-hmm. Not to not to bring up bashing on the Redskins all day. time. Uh Oh, well,
1: you're talking about. Um... Josh Norman. Yeah,
0: no, 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 no. He went to Buffalo. Uh, trying to... Sorry,
1: I'm not keeping up with the Redskins free agents.
0: <laughs> what good is the missing link podcast? Hey, all right, Josh, it is absolutely fantastic to have you on. I appreciate you coming on and going through all our stuff. I'm patting to see if Gabby can find it real quick. <laughs> uh, it's not important if you can't find it. Uh, you, sir, this is your time to plug anything you got. Any anything? I
1: don't care. Just go at it. <laughs> well, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, the only thing I have to plug, obviously, the people that are listening to this are mostly Redskins fans. But if you like what I'm saying and you want to hear what, from an Eagles perspective, it is the missing link. But it's L-I-N-C, just like the Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. So, it's a at-
0: fantastic name for a podcast. It, when it, I saw it, I slapped my knee. And I said, this is the guy I got to talk to.
1: Thank you. It, it took it took a little while, but we got the name in, in there. So it's um i'm on twitter facebook and obviously any anywhere podcasts are so we'd love to have you love to talk and i'm pretty active on twitter so if you want to interact that's the place to do it
0: yeah i implore anybody to go listen to it even if you're not a uh, not an eagles fan or you're just a redskins fan you hate it i mean you i mean you gotta go know your enemy right and this is a good place mm-hmm. to go find that information because you sir run a tight ship and it is informative and quick and easy you only run like a 30 minute podcast right yeah, thirty and under.
1: I, I don't like you know fluffing things up and talking for an hour. I want to get to the you know the details and I want to inform people and get them ready for Sunday.
0: Oh, I love dragging things on for hours on end.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has their style.
0: Uh on that note, Josh, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much, Josh. And we found out it's Trent Williams who was signed to thank Seattle. Absolutely, thank you both for having me. Yes. Trent, Williams. You know Trent Williams. Trent Williams. Trent Williams has not uh, signed a contract yet with the Redskins. No, no, no. He went to Seattle. What? From-
1: is this breaking
0: Redskins. news? I'll forget what I said.
1: <laughs> he's still on the team. He's just—he's mad at the uh, the medical staff. Yeah, there.
0: he he won't sign, and he sat out a whole year.
1: Okay. But you both are very kind. Thank you both for having me on. It's been a pleasure, and uh, look, I look forward to coming back in the future.
0: Yes, I appreciate. Uh, yeah, anytime we have a divisional game, you're more than welcome to come on, and we can just talk smack and. We can just talk smack about the Redskins school. You know, those are going to be W's on your end.
1: (laughs) It might end up being one of those years. But uh, you you and everyone listening, you know, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, let's get through this together.
0: All right, Jess. Thanks for coming on. Thank you.